0: Welcome to the Travelling Image Makers podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Travelling Image Makers podcast. I'm your host, Ugo Che, and today it's just me doing this episode because my co-host, my usual co-host, Ralph Velasco, at this very moment is in India, and it's late at night there, so he was just pretty tired after a whole day of touring and shooting, so uh, he left me alone to do this uh, interview, but uh, I mean, I'm very, very happy to be interviewing uh, just a, a great guy uh mark the tolenaire uh mark hello
1: did i pronounce your name right So, hi hugo thank you for inviting me so yeah you pronounce it correctly but there are two ways uh, the tolenaire uh, in french or the tolenaire in Flemish. so you can choose between (laughs) the two versions Uh,
0: but you you live in venice right and today we will be mostly talking about venice But you are not born in Venice, I think. Where does that that name come from?
1: So my name is a Belgian name. So half of my family comes from Belgium and my father still lives in Brussels um but i was not born in italy and i was not born in belgium as well i was born in libya oh, interesting <laughs> yeah so and this is a an, an important part of my of what i'm doing in photography too because uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a sort of ironic thing uh, because i've been moving a house for so far for 29 times since my childhood and um, Um, And I'm now running a personal project in Venice about the nations inside their houses. So for me, (laughs) it's a way uh, to see how people live in houses that are extremely, extremely old, full of history, probably because I never had one.
0: Yeah, let's uh, we will talk about your Venetian project in a in a bit. But uh, mm. let me just give our listeners a little bit of your uh, a little snippet of your biography, which is quite rich and interesting. Mm. So I'll just summarize the the most salient parts uh, said you're a freelance photographer and you live in Venice, where you do photo tours as well. So we will have time to talk about those. Um, you shoot with Leica cameras, you are yes. what it's called nowadays a Leica ambassador, I think. Uh, and you started with some really interesting photographers like uh, David Alan Harvey, uh, Kent Kolberstein, Bob Sasha, uh, people who work for Magnum, National Geographic, and so on. So, quite a, uh, some really uh, outstanding names. And uh, looks mm. like you've learned a lot from them. You also. Yes. Traveled to uh, many countries, including India, Nepal, Vietnam, Cambodia, Burma, Turkey, and Iceland. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you've got a lot of experience. Your work yeah. has been exposed in, in various galleries, together with the works by Eliot Erwitt, Joel Mairovitz, mm-hmm. Craig Semechko, and Matt Stewart. So, yeah. you're in you're a very good company you also also testimonial for manfrotto Gitzo, national geographic yeah. and let's just stop there or it's going to <laughs> <They> <laughs> it call the, ap- <laughs> the whole episode to list your accolades so is there anything you want to, to add to that
1: no i think you 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 did. Uh, one just one thing uh, i i published uh, um, some, a lot of books about oh, yeah. Venice and its countryside uh, and uh, plus one about uh, Calcutta black and white, uh, because that was my first trip in uh, in, uh, in India. The first time I uh, went around and worked uh, on some project, uh, and this all this ended up in a in a book uh, in a black and white book uh, on Calcutta. And Calcutta was also the first. Uh, um town that i chose for my first workshop because i knew it's so good but i could easily take pe- people around uh, uh, and uh, showing them the most beautiful part of this uh of this uh, indian city cool maybe mm. we'll do another
0: interview with you later talking about india <laughs> oh, <laughs> i don't think let's... we will have time today but let's see <laughs> let's see how this goes um uh, so let, let's talk about Venice because I mean I, I love Venice I go there quite frequently and I had the pleasure of meeting you in person not in Venice actually but in Milan you were there to, to do a presentation uh, at the Leica store in Milan and the title of the presentation was Venice still dances so, tell us a bit about the topic of that presentation, which I think you already hinted it in, uh, in your introduction. And why does Venice still dance? What do you mean by that?
1: I mean that uh, in Venice, Venice uh, everybody knows that uh, a, a city called Venice exists. Everybody, almost everybody in the whole world, is a, it's a famous city because of its history that lasted for 11 centuries. And... Um, in the 16th century, in the 15th century, Venice was one of the biggest uh, towns in the whole world with 200,000 inhabitants. So it was one of the largest uh, um, cities in the whole world. And uh, now there are uh, less than 53,000 uh, inhabitants in Venice, but with uh, every year 27 million tourists. So it's uh, easy to calculate it gives us uh, more or less uh, 509 tourists uh, for each venetian if we did the same proportion for example in rome taking just the municipality of rome and if we did the same proportion as in venice uh, the number should be one billion and half and one billion and five hundred millions tourists in rome every year if we did the same proportion between inhabitants and tourism. So after this, uh, um, Venice was completely covered by uh, this mass tourism, Uh, there's still something uh, uh, living, there's still something... Uh, coming from um, from deep, very very ancient, but still live now some institutions, for example, and there are some some traditions. And every day I'm off uh, looking for them, looking for. What is uh, still now living of this big culture that was the Venetian Empire? So this is why I choose this title: Venice still dances, because there's still something um, going on in Venice um, that comes from from very uh, from many centuries uh, ago. Uh, the the biggest challenge for me is to know that. Uh, what still exists. So I like to, uh, to define myself more like uh, uh, an investigator. I go around looking for stories and I really enjoy it a lot. I go around uh, and I enter every, uh, every home if I can. I go in, in secret gardens uh, and uh, I talk with people. Uh, and sometimes you really get so, some very, very interesting stories and in some incredibly, incredibly uh, some, some incredible places. So,
0: and so yeah, uh, let's uh, let's maybe give some examples because there are there are a few that I I saw your photos during the presentation and I, I saw them on your website. We put mm-hmm. put a link on the to the website on the, on the show notes here. Uh, but there are a few that really. Uh, hit my my fancy i mean uh really striking examples of of the things that you just said and one of them is this uh, uh this church that is no. the greek church in venice right uh, where there is this uh, ceremony which really looks like it's lifted from the from the middle ages or the renaissance mm-hmm. uh, very fascinating <laughs> event can you maybe describe that a bit and how did you get to photograph it because i, I guess it's not easy
1: so it's almost impossible it's always absolutely forbidden to take pictures there uh, until i was invited by them i was uh, very lucky because i i had a, an exhibition in a palace uh, that was very close to the orthodox church uh, of the greek in in venice so the the major the, the priest of the, the of the orthodox church was invited to this presentation so i met him there for to this exhibition i met him there for uh, for the first time and he liked my picture and so he he told me uh, why don't you come we have some important ceremonies sometimes so why don't you come if you like you can take some pictures and so i did uh, the first time and it was great and the like the pictures so i was invited for a second time <laughs> and then now it's been maybe three years so i start to it's really like jumping back uh, in centuries ago uh, everything is uh, in greek and i don't speak greek the ceremonies are very long sometimes two hours, sometimes three hours, sometimes even more. Um, so now I start to understand a little bit how uh, what's happening. I start to preview uh, what's going on, So I and I know a little bit the uh, the place, the light. It's a very difficult place to take pictures because uh, it's very dark. But it's also fascinating because there's a lot of incense, and sometimes there are very... Beautiful light, there's the sun coming across the uh, through the window, the big, big uh, windows. So I I know the place. I know I know the light. I start to know a little bit what we are going to do. Uh, and I and I think that people uh, can feel that. I, for me, it's very uh, important, and I'm really honored to be there. So I, I think they feel it. So. It's, a, it's good for both sides. Uh, I'm honored to be there. I can take great pictures. Uh, I'm a part of a community, which is, for me, it's very important. And probably they get some good pictures. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's good um, on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh,
0: your pictures—the the ones that I saw—really capture. I mean, mm-hmm. to for, for as much as I can tell, because I've never seen that ceremony, they uh, really capture the the, the spirit uh, of mm-hmm. that moment. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, the the light, as you said, is just magical with those yeah. beams of light coming through the windows and uh, uh, mm-hmm. through the incense, the smoke of the incense. that uh, mm-hmm. gives it all a very religious atmosphere, of course, yeah. naturally. Sure. Um, th- there's another uh, situation or, or character uh, which uh, really uh, I was really happy to see you photograph because this is a person that I know as well. I had the pleasure through through a friend. He introduced me to the, to this character, which is really he he has a very unique job because mm. his job is making puppets, marionettes, right? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Roberto.
1: Roberto.
0: Yeah. Can can you? <laughs> Tell us a bit about about that situation, that person.
1: Yes, it was uh, uh, it was funny because it was about my my personal project about uh, Ven- Venetians inside their houses. So I, uh, by chance, um, I met a friend of of mine, and uh, I explained her my my project, and she told me, "Wow, okay, you can take some pictures inside my house and to my." uh my, my boyfriend too and you know, he, her boyfriend by the way was uh was an actor and then it was a theater actor so and they lived uh, in uh in the place that was uh, the, the the house of marco polo or one of the houses of a family of a polo family so i went there and i explained them my project and i took some pictures and she told me oh wow but you sh- so you should meet this man because uh Roberto because he's doing this something very interesting he's making marionettes uh, uh in his house uh, so this is how i i got in touch with him i i i don't remember if i called him by the phone or if i simply rang the bell uh, so i met him and he has been living in this uh, in this apartment for 26 years and it was both his workshop and his uh and his house and it's great to see him uh inside this uh this uh, place with all this uh, marionettes uh, hanging around and he is also a very funny guy he looks very much like a marionette Him <laughs> <in> too <laughs> yeah so this is how i got in touch and so like I usually do, I take some pictures, and then uh, I I tell to my I say so to my subject. Okay, I will print one or two of them, and I will give it to you to, to you. So I have a second possibility. So I will have a door open a second time. Mm-hmm. So uh, after a while, I go back and I I, I give them uh, prints as a as a present uh so i have a second possibility to take some more pictures in some cases we be, we became friends so the door is open so this is how i
0: <laughs> sure and i think that that's uh, exemplary of some of the the people you shoot the characters you shoot the, many of them are artists or craftsmen mm-hmm. that practice some some arts like puppet making which is <laughs> not very common mm-hmm. and there are others maybe you can give some examples of uh
1: Okay, one was very in- incredible, because I didn't know it as, uh, uh, until uh, I-, I went inside his house. Uh, I was told that there was a man making uh, uh, telescopes in his house. Uh, oh, and when I uh, I knew that, I-, I told myself immediately, I-, I want to know this man who... Who makes telescopes uh, in, in his house so i had an address i found him i rang the bell and uh, he came to the window and i told him uh, oh, okay you have a guy making telescopes in your house and he said yes okay I, I have to take a picture of you so we went upstairs and uh, he showed me he had uh, this workshop he was a professor of technique in the primary school but then he changed uh, his job and he started to build by himself these uh, machines to 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 do the lenses for telescopes in his house and he assembled them in in his workshop <clears throat> and by the way some of them are very expensive it's not just for the hobbyists some of them are very very uh yeah professional uh, and i immediately noticed that in his house there were a lot of windows which is very which is uncommon in Venice. and his apartment was at, on the top floor uh so i asked him why do you have so many so many windows around and he told me oh do you know don't you know where we are uh no i i said and he explained me that his apartment uh, four or five hundred years before was one of the most important uh, print shop in Venice, where you print books. Venice had a very important tradition for printing in the 16th century, in the 17th century. And right where he was making telescope, in 1610 came Galileo Galilei, to print for publishing his book about uh, astrology. Yeah. So that was incredible because right where we were, he was making telescope where Galileo Galilei <laughs> went. He
0: yeah, was well, probably to, the greatest astronomer of the
1: uh, exactly. Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the one who invented the telescope? Yeah. Or better, he took yeah, he, an Arab uh, uh, invention and, and went forward uh, using the telescope i think he was the first one who used the telescope and he had a um, he tried the telescope on the bell tower of San Marco. there's an evidence of this on the bell tower of san marco showing it to the to the Doge, to the chief of venice <laughs> yeah i think
0: that the tele- the, the- the looking glass or the telescope was invented mm-hmm. in, the, in the netherlands but then galileo was the first one who used mm-hmm. it to to look at the moon and the stars and yeah. venus and
1: yeah, yeah of course he took some previous uh, yeah, yeah. projects yeah. and he went forward uh, mm-hmm.
0: i think that's the story more or less, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> and yeah. that, that got him in trouble with the inquisition but that's another story
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes he was deep in trouble with that. <laughs>
0: So that, that that's great. Uh, Is uh you have a, a long list of amazing stories about those those people, and we of course cannot spend the whole the whole time talking about them. But I would just like to 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 understand. I mean, uh, in the case of the Greek church, you cannot just go there. It's, it's forbidden, right? You need yeah. a connection. Uh, in the case of the uh, puppet maker, Roberto, you yeah. had a connection uh, through a friend. Uh, his yeah. girlfriend, right? Yeah. Or, well, a friend of his. Yeah. And in this case, instead, you just didn't know. You just...
1: Uh, I just rang the bell. You I knew the bell. about. bell. I came to know this, and I simply rang the bell. But there's a very important thing. And people can absolutely uh, feel that. You need to know why you are there. Mm -hmm. You are not there just to take a picture. Uh, uh, I'm there because I'm really interested. So if everybody everybody can ask me, why are you doing that? And I can uh, immediately answer Uh, because I'm really interested in in the history of Venice in what's happening now in this very old uh, uh, building, in this very old palace. And everyone has a particular story to say because in Venice it's very... Uh, difficult to live and it has a very very uh, long story so everybody living in Venice has a story to say to tell and uh, they probably feel that I'm interested Uh, but for me uh, photography comes second I can also sit down I could also sit down with somebody and talk for one hour and then go out without taking a picture Uh, but of course uh, uh, it's much more interesting for me if I can also um, uh, take a picture of the of, of the scene. But I often, uh, for me, it's a pleasure to sit down, to speak, to look around, to look at the gestuality, to look at the uh, how the the houses, uh, 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 to look at the furnitures, uh, everything was hanging on the wall, and sometimes you really. You really come to know some incredible stories. Uh, uh, One more was, for example, the the elected chief of the Dalmatian community uh, in the nation. The name is Guardián Grando. He's, uh, let's let's say, the president of of the Dalmatian community from people coming from the ex-Yugoslavia coast. And still now they elect their own president, their own guardián grande, since uh, 1451, mm-hmm. and so it's an institution that is more or less 600 years old. And even now they always, uh, they they still live in the same palace, uh, and uh, they 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 are wearing. Uh, some uh, I, I don't know the English term, but uh, it's a it's I very hope. particular. Yes, I, I like like that. Yes, um, or a cape. I don't know if it does. A like cape, it. a cape. Oh. They are wearing a cape, uh, and they have a magnificent palace with some very important paintings on the ground floor. And for me, it's not lingering in a museum but it's entering in the real life of Venice. That's the difference, so often when we go around as a tourist, uh, or most part of the tourists that come to Venice, look things, what Venice was. I go and I look for what Venice is now. Mm -hmm. And of course, everything happens in some very, very, uh, in, in some palaces full of history, but it's nowadays, what is going on nowadays? That's what's interesting me, and people can feel it probably.
0: Yeah, it's a living city. I was, uh, I mean, I was really surprised. I had some some friends coming from abroad in Venice, uh, and basic, basically, they was wondering. I mean, is this a, a a true living city, or is this some kind of Disneyland? And there is this impression in some people that it's it's not a real place, it's not a real city. It's a, it's a, like a historical place and it's all uh, a museum. Maybe Disneyland, Disneyland is not the right term, but it's more, They they some people think of Venice like a museum, not a living city, where it's actually 50,000 people live there when...
1: Yeah, but for 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 some tourists, Venice is Disneyland. So they they do something they shouldn't do. They they play in the, in San Marco Square uh, or okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I was asked twice by some tourists, please, uh, at what time Venice closes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because they thought they should go away before Venice. Close.
0: yeah, like a museum.
1: Closes, like a museum. Um, so it, it's a living city, but uh, really, it's uh, it's deep underground. You really need to to go and and look for it, or look for real life. Everybody in Venice, every Venetian, every everybody coming from the mainland is working with tourism in Venice. So it's a great resource in in, in Venice tourism. Um, there are very few, uh, and I think it's going. It's going to disappear. Uh, so photography is very important because it's. Uh, it, I can document what's now, uh, and uh, I'm very surprised by the fact that no one did it before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are some, of course, some pictures taken in some important places, uh, but uh, very few important projects uh, uh, that uh, uh, covered uh, uh, Venice uh, in uh, in a wide, uh, if you can see it uh, wider. For example, I was surprised by the fact that uh, I published in 2009, the only uh, photographic book uh, about the construction of one of the most Famous uh, boat in the whole world, which is the gondola. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one thought about this before me, and everybody knows that was a gondola, and that in Venice we have gondolas, and no one did it before me. They did the, a, a lot of book about books about Venice were published about the cats, about embroideries, about uh, masks, about the carnival, about bell towers, about. Uh, everything you can get about food about everything but no one about the gondola Mm -hmm. and so i asked myself why is that and probably the answer is that uh, the Venetian is not interested in this because he's used to that and the foreign. so you should be a foreigner you should come from abroad and you are surprised by that, and you should, if you are curious, you want to know more about this. But it takes a long time. So it took four years for me to end that book, and no one can come to Venice for four years, of course. So I think I was, in that particular situation, I was a good combination between a foreigner and somebody who lives Venice every day. Uh, and so to come back to your question, yes, Venice uh, is uh, is alive, uh, but the the real Venice uh, you have really to scratch the surface and look uh, underground. You have to look, and you really need to go and uh, uh, and look for the most difficult thing to me for me is to know that some things exist. Once you got it, once you got the story, and then it's it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: Mm. Great, but and of course we cannot uh, expect that tourists who are there for mm. one, two days, or even a week would be able to to scratch the surface and know that mm. there is something. But maybe you can help them <laughs> scratch that surface and find. Yeah. Just giving you, yeah, if you want to talk about your workshops.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, of that. course this is uh, this is the main were well, my main goal and what i try to do during a during a photo tour in Venice. Uh, sometimes i'm asked to all the photo tour just to uh to explain how the camera uh how the camera uh, the settings of the camera sometimes i asked to most most time i'm asked to show venice of the beaten path uh and so this is which is great because uh venice is a labyrinth and so if you don't want to get lost uh, you, you you need a guide to go around and to um if you don't want to waste your time you need a guide to to go in some of the most beautiful places of the beaten path um, and sometimes i'm asked to see something that People can see on my website. Uh, so, some character, some subject that I photograph. Uh, we became friends. So sometimes it's possible to go inside some workshops, for example, or it's possible to go in. Uh, uh, in- uh, to, 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 to meet somebody on the street and to take a portrait uh, or uh, I can explain some uh, about uh, a lot about the history of Venice and so uh, a palace you would probably pass by and not, don't notice uh, it, it can become something extremely interesting and uh, I speak, well, A very good thing is that I learned to speak Venetian, so a lot of uh, uh, doors are open because it's that's very that's very important. Uh, uh, I I really feel and people really feel me like. Uh, and an in, inhabitant, not like a foreigner. So a lot of door, uh, doors are open. This is the kind of a goal in what I try to do uh, in uh, during a, a photo tour. The people coming with me, joining me in a photo tour, uh, which, which are private. It's just for one person or two person or three person, uh, three friends uh everybody joining me joining me in a, in a photo tour can feel that for a while they become really a part of a real life uh, of, of venice yeah sure
0: yeah. um I, I will put a link to your uh, tours page so people can mm-hmm. if they come to venice i mean <laughs> highly recommended to yeah. contact you and join one Thank of your you. tours which are very affordable by the way so mm-hmm. people can just yeah. Go there for two hours with you and mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. feeling for the what lies behind the surface so yeah. I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, So i would like to talk a little bit about equipment because we mentioned no. you are a leica ambassador and we no. met at the leica store in milan and we met in venice again and i was uh toting uh, kind of a heavy camera <laughs> and you yeah. were with your very compact, so, like a camera. So, mm-hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit about your your typical setup when you go around? You you go shoot those places, those people. Mm-hmm. What kind of camera you bring? And uh, what kind of equipment you re- recommend that people bring? What your modus operandi, so to speak?
1: Okay, so uh, I started as a photographer with a Leica M6. So I, of course, I shoot it in film, and uh, this is one of the most. Uh, Uh, the the, one of the best cameras you could you can choose uh, because it's very light and gives you uh, outstanding uh, quality Uh, of course when I when digital appeared on the international scene I I switched to to digital and uh, I most part of my uh, projects in Venice are made with Leica M digital the M 240 now there's a, the new Leica M10. Um, I have a Leica SL, uh, every uh, which is a mirrorless, and uh, my small Leica CL, which is uh, was recently released, and that now I'm using most uh, part of the time because it's very light, and um, it can um, allow you to go up with ISO up to 1,600 and also 3,200 uh, ISO and it has an outstanding uh, um, quality uh, with the zoom, I often use the 1856 uh, uh, zoom, uh, so it's very light, you can carry it with you, you we can take it with you every, every day, uh, it has a very beautiful um, view f- electronic viewfinder, which, which helps a lot, because it can give you immediately Uh, the result before taking the picture. So inside the viewfinder, you see immediately uh, if the picture is too bright or too dark. So my my usual equipment is uh, now a Leica CL with with a zoom, uh, 1856. I also use a Leica SL uh, for some assignments. uh, And also when I need to go... Uh, with a wider angle because it's a full frame so uh, 24 millimeters is a 24 millimeters mm. uh, with a like a Leica CL instead uh, 18 millimeters is a, a 28 its uh, corresponding to a 28 so every time I need a wider lens I go with the SL and I also like I still like to take pictures in film (laughs) Mm -hmm. in black and white film because I can do that because I know how to do it and I develop myself and then I scan and I print it uh, with um, inject that I turn into an inject printer with seven um, scale of grey which is so it's not a color printer but it's a black and white printer
0: a a Mm -hmm. little bit of a provocative question and i know you shoot a lot in black and white i would say almost exclusively uh do you think you are i mean there's there is color in venice there is a lot of color in venice <laughs> if you go to burano for example oh, okay. color. so do, do you think people are looking at your photos they are missing a little bit of venice color when you see a lot of black and white pictures
1: uh well of course burano is uh, the the island with colored houses so uh but I, when i even when i go to burano i I look for um, for lines for geometries for uh, a subject uh one of my mentors, uh, David Alanarve, used to say that. Uh, when he published the book, he is one of the best photographers in the whole world, the best color photographers in the whole world, and when he makes the layout for a, a book in color, he converted all the picture in black and white because she wanted to be sure that he got some pictures and not just color picture, because often color gets in the way so for me uh, to sublimate the color is uh, it's hard work and uh, maybe for somebody else it's easier but for me uh, i choose black and white because it allows me to take pictures in every condition of, of light and in at every hour of, of the day uh, of course Burano is very colorful but uh, and today for example it was a very beautiful day in venice with very beautiful light but it's uh not often like this in Venice. often it's a little bit foggy, and um you can't take pictures only when the you have a good light you need to turn a bad light in your favor and I can do it much better uh, in black and white than rather than in in colour so maybe whoever looking at my picture can miss something about the color but i think they could get more of the soul of venice and uh, something about uh, uh, the, the real the real venice uh, in maybe something is happening in venice with a bad light but i can catch it in black and white i couldn't do this in in, uh, in color
0: <laughs> and let's face it i mean uh, we've seen uh, Bazillion photos of Burano in color. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. color. We haven't seen very few of them in black and white. So if you manage to do a great black and white shot of Burano,
1: I, I can them send some yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we'd you. be happy
0: to to see them. Okay. We'll put them in the, in the post because uh, that's okay, cool. will. It's easy. It's kind of easy to take a photo of Burano in color. It's so beautiful and so colorful. It's much harder Mm. to do it in black and white, I believe. And if you manage to do that, uh, it means that you're really good. Uh,
1: (laughs) But the challenge in Venice is not to be banal. That's the point. You can take uh, you can take uh, good pictures very badly. In Venice, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, um, everybody is taking the same picture. I, I, I was very surprised one day. I by chance I googled um, and I, I was on Google, and uh, I I, saw, I noticed uh, which are the most photographed areas of Venice, and the first one was of course uh, San Marco Square. But I was very surprised by the second one, which is a completely anonymous statue, uh, not far from the San Marco Square. And it's just because all the boats with the tourists uh, stop uh, a few meters away the statue. So everybody is going, uh, is getting off the, the, the boats. And taking picture of this statue which is absolutely anonymous it has nothing to do with the history of venice but that's the second most uh, photographed place of venice
0: I'm <laughs> just curious which statue is that
1: the statue of the uh, king of uh savoya oh, okay. the, 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 uh,
0: the horse the horse it, he's riding me. a Even horse yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sexy. that that's a very busy place with all the stuff and yeah. so people got to get off there and I, I would I I don't think I ever took a photo of that statue. I mean, okay, great. Also <laughs> I because know. I mean every town in Italy not every town, but every city in Italy has at least one equestrian statue of one of yeah. our kings. So they say, okay, it's just another <laughs> okay. one. Why should I, Why would I photograph that? Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would like to add something about the equipment topic mm. and the fact of uh, being nimble, being light, which mm. in Venice is very important. I mean, Absolutely. the the best way to go around in Venice is on foot, and you have to walk a lot. And you might think that Venice is all flat, but there are actually thousands of bridges to yeah. go from A to B, you have to cross yeah. ten, twenty bridges sometimes. So Absolutely. a lot of working. so I, I recommend every everybody who comes to Venice with me do not oh. bring a backpack mm-hmm. and put two cameras and four lenses inside that mm-hmm. backpack because before the end of the day you will be dead. <laughs> yeah. yes. and one, camera, one, yeah.
1: one camera, and one back, lens, one camera, one lens that's it and of course i need to think uh, very carefully about my equipment because uh, uh, maybe if i did it one day i I saw i had some customers uh, i remember now a german customer who went around with uh, two leica sl one with a zoom 2490 and the other one was a 90 280 and with a huge jitsu tripod So he was going around Venice with that, but okay, it's one day, but I can't do it. uh, 300 days in a year, (laughs) I couldn't do that. Uh, And so in Venice, you should be extremely well organized uh, for as a timetable, as a itinerary, because if not, you will be wandering around for kilometers. And uh, of course, you need to travel very light uh and in this case uh, my leica is uh, is perfect because it gives me both uh, um, very light equipment about outstanding quality i can easily uh, print this uh, as large as i wish and uh, i will keep always keep and also, for example, with the Leica CL, I used it um, the last time I went into the church of the, in the Orthodox Church of the Greeks, and it was very very dark. And I took some pictures in 300 to, in uh, 3200 ISO, and uh, the quality was still outstanding. Uh, and it's very silent. That's very important it's very
0: silent. Honestly well. I have no idea why one would want to bring a long telephoto lens to to <laughs> Venice unless they want to shoot the, the pigeons
1: in some marks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people do. <laughs>
0: okay yeah. l- let's talk a little bit about uh, for a moment about other places mm-hmm. because uh, you, you I said at the beginning, you lead tours to places like Vietnam, India, Myanmar, mm-hmm. Iceland, and so on. Uh, I, I don't want to, to spend a lot of time talking about those places. As I said, maybe we'll do it in another uh, in another episode. But I would just like to ask you a question. And it is, when going to those places, which um, in many respects, they are very different from Venice. Do you adopt the same... Do you have the same mindset? Do you adopt the same kind of approach to your subjects or is it something completely different?
1: No, no this, is a very, this is a very good uh, question. This is a very good topic uh, and it's about uh, and it's about um, uh, knowing why you are there. Well, so I come back to uh, what uh, a little bit what, uh, what I said. Uh, uh, before. Um, in Venice, everybody can feel that I really know why I'm there and what what I'm looking for. And they can feel that I'm really interested in, uh, in the history and in what they are doing. And that's the same. I, you can take me every, everywhere in the world. I will be doing exactly in the same way. Uh, so, for example, uh, um, in Vietnam, in, in Myanmar, i i go and i try to go inside the houses i i of course the difficulty is that i don't speak uh like them but sometimes you can you can have a translator uh, but i i i can i could show you some pictures taken in myanmar and in venice and of course the subjects are different but the uh, what's uh, the meaning is is always the same i always look for the, the same the same things uh, every, everywhere and that's very important um, i often say this to my students uh think about uh, the olympic games so there's somebody winning the gold medal uh i don't know where the next uh, olympic game but let's say in sydney during the olympic games in sydney there's somebody winning the gold medal in 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 sydney but of course he didn't do that only in sydney he didn't wake up this that mornings saying okay now i will jump uh, and i will win the, the gold medal i he has been doing this for years at home so this is what i do every day i I train myself at home. For me, at home it means in Venice, and then I do exactly the same in the other side of the world. Uh, You can't you can't uh, put your camera down for months and for years, and then just pick up uh, your your camera during a travel and pretend to and uh, and you want to get the the best picture in the whole world because you probably you will. You will probably be taking pictures of everything you, you will see uh, without a style, without uh, uh, a leading uh, red line. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what I try to say to my students, uh, that uh, very often the best projects are those uh, you can find outside your the door or your house. And then, okay, you can do exactly the same uh, almost almost everywhere in the world so this is what i try to do
0: very very good point i think <clears throat> that's uh, that's great um another question uh, you you mentioned david Alan harvey before mm-hmm. and i was when i was preparing for this interview i looked at your blog and i, and I saw this quote on it and i would like you to comment with, mm-hmm. to, to maybe give us some examples of that and David Allen Harvey says remember that what happens immediately before or immediately after an event is very often more important than the event itself
1: yeah absolutely that's he absolutely right of course (laughs) i have some examples for example the first that comes into my mind is uh, uh, a feast uh, that i didn't know about Uh, it was in portugal i was in porto and i um, noticed some people preparing for a feast that was the feast of São João, and as a a detective. Uh, I I try to get the more information I could about what's the feast about, at what time and where exactly, and what going what's going on. And they told me uh, it's um, that will take place this evening at uh, at nine in this square in the center of Porto. Uh, so. I remember what uh, David told me, and uh, I was there instead at nine. I was there at eight, and the preparing of the feast was much more interesting than the feast itself. The feast was just a procession through the through the main street of Porto, and so it's, it was very difficult to take a picture of that. But people gathering one year before that, and I was the only one taking picture of that so it was it was great and i got one of the most beautiful picture in my career and the second example you brought it up before it was this picture of this uh, um, byzantine chore uh, in the in the orthodox church of the greeks that was a moment after they sang they it was a pose moment they were off uh, uh, so if, if you look at this picture, there's nothing going on. And that's mu- much more important than while they are singing. Everybody can take a picture of a uh, choir uh, singing. But uh, the, um, when they were off and taking a rest, that was, everybody was thinking um, his own things and that was uh, uh, an unguarded moment and that was much more interesting so this is something i always keep in mind Uh, of course if you are on assignment you have to take picture of the event itself but never never lose uh, what comes before and what comes after that's much more photographically much more interesting than the event itself
0: yeah i think that that's very good advice and many Mm -hmm. time people me included tend to forget yeah. and just uh, wait for the thing to happen, the event to, to start and start shooting. Mm. And then after immediately when it ends, we put the camera down, mm. whereas sometimes it what happens before and what happens after that really gives some unique opportunities for, for photos, for more interesting photos, mm. maybe. Yeah. So thanks for uh, reminding us of that. It's mm. great advice, I believe. Mm. Uh, All right. I think we've been talking for quite some time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you there's anything else you would like to to add.
1: Uh, I wait you all in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, of and course. You, Hugo, too.
0: <laughs> well, we'll put links to all of your uh, tours mm-hmm. and and your site on mm-hmm. uh, on the show notes for this episode. But yeah, uh, just uh, maybe there's
1: one last thing sure. I can tell to uh, whoever is listening. So, um, okay, I, I am in Venice and I really enjoy what I do, uh, but never think about. Uh, Uh, when you go for uh, with your camera when you go around with your camera never think about uh, uh, what picture would you like to take but always think about where would you like to be that's the most important thing because if you don't like you're not interested in the place where you are maybe you are interested in good food fine so in if in Venice you in Venice you can find for example very good food and you can make a project of it so, uh, but you really need to be uh, interested and you, you really love what you what you what you do what you see what you look for uh, and then uh, uh once you leave the, your day like this, then uh, you will also be able to take pictures. picture will be given to you uh, in addition, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, so remember that. Never think about uh, uh, what picture would you like to take, but always think about where would you like to be.
0: Great. Another mm-hmm. great advice. Great. Tip. Mm-hmm. So this was an episode filled with uh, mm-hmm. lots of great suggestions uh, from you. So I'm, I'm very thankful for, uh, for Thank your you. time, for sharing all of your wisdom mm-hmm. about these topics. It's, it's been great. Uh, before we say goodbye, do you just want to tell everyone where they can find you online?
1: They can find me online on my website for photo tours in Venice is uh, uh, photo walks in Venice. Or on dot com or on my personal website which is my name uh, dot com.
0: Okay, that's uh and you sp- guys
1: think sp- you will put the link we'll put uh, the link
0: the, the spelling is a bit difficult. <laughs> yes the spelling is <laughs> a- we will not try, we'll put the link in the in the and show that. notes, but the other one is photowalksinvenice.com Yes, all exactly. right. that's that's much easier for, for, yes, for people Absolutely. Too yeah, <laughs> fine. Okay, great. Uh, that was great. Thanks again. So Thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was really nice to be talking with uh, Mark the Tollenar today. Uh, before uh, closing with this episode, I would like just to remind everyone that you will be able to find it at our website at ttim.photo together with all the past episodes. And as for me, look for me on uh, social media with my name, Ugo Che, or go to my website ucphoto.me. You will find there all the links to my various presences and activities and whatnot. And as for our uh, co-host, Ralph Velasco, who could not be with us today, but he will certainly be back for another episode soon. Uh, look for him at Photo Enrichment or at Ralph Velasco on social media or photoenrichment.com, that's his website. And that's really all for this week. And now let's get out and shoot.